Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bold, Director of Public Affairs. Today we're talking with Todd Hayes, who is Missouri Farm Bureau's Vice President. He is from the Monroe City area in Northeast Missouri and is a hog producer. Uh, Todd has a lot of experience with livestock and the supply chain and the livestock industry. So we've asked him to join us to give us some insight into what it's really like being a hog farmer right now, going through the disruptions we're seeing in the supply chain and explaining what they're doing on their farm to try to make everything work out the way it's supposed to. So, Todd, thanks for joining us. Why don't you start off just giving us a little bit of an understanding of what you're seeing right now? I'd be glad to, Eric. Um, as I've talked to a few other hog producers in, in Missouri and, uh, and our family are also involved in it pretty heavily. It's, it's, it is un, uncharted areas. It's something we've never dealt with before in the history of, uh, of raising animals on the farm. Um, and I think it's similar for even cattle producers. But um, with, with the COVID-19 crisis going on, and uh, we've had a lot of the packers, the slaughterhouses, have had to back off their kill capacity because of employees being sick. Or in some cases, um, the, pack, the plants have backed off the hours just because they don't want to have any cases and any employees being sick. So it's all for for the safety of the workers and the plants, which we understand that and, and, and appreciate that. But when the plants aren't running at a, at a close to 100% capacity, then we as producers have animals that need to be going to be to be harvested and, and we can't get them in, you know. So we're getting a backlog of, of pigs on the farms throughout the nation. Um, the cons- and, and meanwhile, the packers is, you know, they, they're getting overwhelmed with, try, you know, calls and trying to process as much as they can, but they just can't up the speed of the process with a limited amount of workers or workers happen to be uh, a safe distance from one another while they're working. So it makes it it's challenging for everyone. So what is the current situation with Missouri's pork uh, processing plants? I know that there are some across the Midwest and I guess all across the country that have been completely shut down, but some are maybe pulling back the rate at which they're taking in animals. Are we seeing full closures in Missouri or reduced capacity or where are we with it? Um, There's been some that have been closed for just very, for a few days, but but several of them are running at a reduced capacity. Um, Due to uh, from the CDC recommendations on how the workers, um, how the distance they can be from one another, um, the different clothing and things they're wearing, and and just the operational hours. So um, it's just it's just putting a struggle on things. So they've had to to shut down some of the plants or some of the areas for temporarily to revamp it to meet the stick guidelines from CDC. Uh, maybe it's plexiglass shields in certain areas and things to protect the workers. Um, from one another so as a producer it's kind of it's really frustrating knowing that uh, maybe a plant hasn't had any cases of positive um, illnesses uh, for any of the employees or in the surrounding area but yet those plants aren't allowed to run more than us more than 70 percent capacity so as uh, farmers like ourselves are having animals getting bigger um, getting backed up trying to decide what is our next option what do we do um, with, with pigs, um, it's, and knowing that they're not running 100%, 
it's it's pretty frustrating for all of us. It sounds like from reading the news reports that one of the biggest problems you're really facing here is that the um, the processing facilities are set up on almost a just-in-time delivery situation where they have scheduled out in advance with farmers in the area to deliver their hogs at a certain time on a certain date. And uh, if they process all of those, then they have room for the next load to come in the next day. Um, but when they slow down the, the process, uh, the processing capacity, I mean, then that causes sort of an accordion effect and makes the uh, deliveries back up. And therefore, they start stacking up on the farm and the hogs have to be, have, have to be um, contained on the farm and find a home for them to wait until it's their turn um, to to get back into the line. Does that make sense? Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, it, yes, it does. In, in our case, uh, as most producers, um, you know, we're scheduling a, a week in advance um, the days we're going to deliver pigs, the time of the day to deliver loads of pigs. So the, the plant knows a week out what they anticipate coming in and the timing of it to to keep everything moving smoothly um, so pigs aren't on the trailer very long once they get to the plant um, and they have, th- you know, things are just, just moving at a at a nice space and it's very efficient that way. And, and now that once they start decreasing their kills per day, um, most of our farms or productions are set up for, you know, we've got animals being born every day um, and animals need to be sold every week to maintain space and availability to move for our pig movements and uh, place housing for, for new pigs as they come on. So um, we have a little bit of room extra room as most farms do but we're eating into that pretty quickly um so we've got to uh we need to be getting more pigs slaughtered um to open up some space on the farm so we're not uh faced with uh, making the decision some things we don't want to have to do with do with our pigs yeah it, it reminds me a lot of what we've been talking about so much with hospital capacity in the past couple of months where uh, in normal times you expect a hospital to be something like 80 percent full um, from what i've been hearing because you want to have a little bit of extra capacity for when you have a bad um, illness season or just uh, the fluctuations of everyday normal life. But um, they don't build in, you know, 500 extra beds to sit around uh, waiting for the next pandemic to come around. And so um, they do have some wiggle room. But when you come into an unprecedented crisis situation like this, the all of that gets eaten up quickly and there's no more room for air. On the hog farm, I'm sure you're somewhat similar where you have some room for fluctuation built in, but um, you don't sit around assuming that the plants are going to be shut down for weeks or months or something. Um, So you probably don't have a huge amount of storage capacity uh, to keep extra animals uh, on your farm. Is that is that correct? Most of us will typically have a, you know, a two week uh, space advantage. You know, if we have a, a situation would come up. Um, for weather or something else, um, you know, when we're trying to move pigs out. So we have a little little bit of a cushion. You know, we could do a few more things, you know, overstock a barn with with small pigs for a short period of time and then expecting to have more room within a, within a few weeks of that, you know, to, to move them, to give them more room, spread them out a little bit. So, you know, we, we do have that. If we, if we would have to, we can do that. Um, but, yeah, as, as we've gotten our production uh, up to where we want to be you know maximum capacity of, of things are very efficiently you know and the 
pigs born per sow and, and, and uh, feeding rates um, and everything moving along. It's just, you know, clicking right along. And then, you know, the packer knows, we know what the numbers they need, what, they're, what they, they anticipate getting from us. So things have been running really smooth for several years with, with the production facilities and, and the numbers we have coming out of the farms and, and so forth for the packers that have adequate space um, to, to harvest the animals that, that they're, they know they're getting every week, every month, every year, you know, so it just kind of runs pretty good. So now we've got this crisis going on where they've shut down to less than 50% in some cases for a week or so and maybe get back to 70%. Meanwhile, we've got a backlog of pigs that haven't been harvested um, across the nation. Um, you know, probably last week we had close to over a million head that weren't slaughtered that t- typically would have been. I would estimate at least another six or 700,000 again this week on top of that. Um, and, and it's just going to keep snowballing. And it's, it's going to get to a point where we're going to see some euthanization or some other things on farms that no, no farmer wants to do. It's a last resort, and um, it's, it's just where we're at. It's just, like I said earlier, something we've never faced before. You can't plan for something like this. You, you know, you typically wouldn't think about this. Um, we've, you know, we're given, have given pigs to, or sold pigs locally to people, but the little local uh, lockers throughout the com- rural communities, they're all jam-packed, overbooked. Um, they're turning animals away from people. So even if you wanted to donate a lot of meat to different needy, needy uh, causes, whether it's a food pantry or something else, unless you find a place that can slaughter some animals to, that, that's inspected, so the meat has been checked quality-wise to donate it, and you just, there's just not enough capacity to even do that. So we're doing what we can to, um, through the area to help in those cases. Um, but it's still, it's just a terrible thing to be going through. And I understand it correct that you're saying some of the plants in Missouri have a lot of cases of COVID-19 among the workforce, but some don't have any. And there's kind of a, a big um, spectrum between the, those two extremes. I know there's one plant in St. Joseph that had over 400 cases that I just mentioned uh, in a news report this morning that I was reading. Um, but maybe there's some others that really don't have any, but are you saying that the the state is, or the, the government is treating all of the plants equally. I guess this is actually the federal government that has put those guidelines in place. From what I understand, yes, they are. And, and I, and I guess I see part of that for precautionary measures um, to minimize the risk of getting, you know, any employees um, sick and then spreading it so quickly to others. So they're trying to reduce the risk. And while we appreciate that, the same time, it sure doesn't help us when we know we got uh, we're back getting backed up on pigs on the farms, and uh, doing a lot of things we don't really want to be doing just to minimize that. But um, it's it's frustrating in that in that regard. Yeah, as this has been happening with not only hogs but also uh, cows, cattle, and dairy and uh, vegetables, fruits, all sorts of things. What's really been striking me is that um, I think that people in their mind imagine that we're talking about uh, something that could be solved by just having people come pick up a few gallons of milk uh, from the farm or um, pick up some vegetables or fruits, or why don't you just take them over to the grocery store? But the thing that's shocking, I think, when you really get into it is the quantities we're talking about. If it were just 
300 pigs we were talking about here, that would be manageable. We could find a home for those pretty quickly. But if we're talking about a million pigs a week or something like that, well, gosh, week after week after week, you're not going to be able to find homes for a million pigs every week as uh, as this goes on. Exactly, Eric. And I, I don't think it'd be a million head a week, but I know over the last three or four weeks with the shutdowns, we're, we're at least over a million, million and a half pigs behind you know, what we normally would have killed up to this point. So uh, it, it's challenging. I've, I've done a few um, reports with some uh, or interviews with some reporters and, and there, and some of them have asked me, so why don't you, why can people just come to your farm and, and get some, can they just go to the farmers and get it directly from the farmers? And uh, some folks out of St. Louis or something have asked me that. And I said, yeah, that's great. I mean, there's folks that are processing and have the capability and, and license to do it and, and sell meat. But I said, majority of the farmers, we sell hogs, we sell cattle, we don't sell pork, we don't sell beef in that regard. So if somebody wants to come to get a pig, I said, yeah, that's fine. Come up, I'll, I'll sell you a couple of pigs. And I said, then what are you going to do with it? I sell you a pig. And then, well, won't you have it cut up? I'm like, no, that's not what I do. That's not what we do on the farm. You you don't quite understand that. So I try to explain it in a way. Then then they then the light bulb goes off and says, oh, I don't know what I'd do with a pig. I'm like, no, you know, if, if I could give two uh, two pigs to a lot of people and have lined up for a mile long to you know getting pigs, but I said, yeah, I'm getting rid of the pigs. But what are they going to do? You know, we're going to have a bunch of pigs around people's backyards because they don't know what to do with it. So, and then, you know, it's just if they aren't properly taken care of, you know, that they try to butcher it themselves, are they doing it the right way? Are they getting it, keeping it clean? Are they going to have issues with the meat because they made some mistakes and, uh, and got sick or something? So we don't, we definitely don't want that as an industry either. So it's, uh, it's, it's not as simple as just, let's just give these pigs away because, who, where, what are they going to do with, you know? So what else can you do? Are there other things that you can do on the farm that maybe help um, slow down the process so that you're not crunched so quickly um, for space or uh, that you can keep them on the farm for longer without maybe having a degradation in the quality of the meat? Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've looked, we've started that this past week, but, uh, or, and it's talking with our nutritionists. Um, but yeah, just changing the diet. Um, so that the the pigs are still getting plenty of feed, um, plenty of water, um, getting what they need. But we're just um, changing the diet so that uh, it's it's bare bare minimum nutrients that uh, so they won't gain gain as much weight as quick as they normally would. But but they're still gaining. Yeah, it's kind of a maintenance diet. They're still gaining gaining some weight. And when I say diet, I mean the nutritional content of the feed they're eating, not a diet like. Uh, you know, going on a diet like you or I would do to lose weight. We're trying to maintain their weight and they're still growing some, but typically a, a pig is going to be growing it. Once they get over 230 or 40 pounds, they're going to be growing two to three pounds a day. Well, if we get pushed back two weeks, you know, that pig all of a sudden is put on another 30, 35 pounds. So you take a pig that was three, you know, 300 pounds. Now he's pushing three forty, three thirty to three forty. And the processors don't want pigs that big, and they start discounting us because of those heavier weights. So then the value, the value of the animal decreases. So that's the reason we're trying to keep the weights down. Um, nobody wants a pork chop on their plate that's the size of their plate. 
And that's the reason we try to keep the weights down. You don't want a, a 10 inch pork chop in front of you, like a, like a ribeye steak would be. So, um, it's all, there's so many moving parts to it, but, but that, that's one of the things we are doing to try to buy ourselves a little more time, um, to be able to keep, maintain the animals, um, as long as we have adequate housing space for them and that s- some more plants will get to going, moving, you know, increasing their production, their output, and hoping we have less cases of employees, um, and some of the plants getting sick. And it's, it's a day to day. It's it changes every day as we, we get the, the call, okay, how many pigs we can provide next week. You know, it, we may get told tomorrow if we can bring X amount of pigs and Monday morning, they may say, Nope, sorry, but we've had some issues. You only get to bring this many. So then we're, we're backed up again. So, um, we're all, all the producers are in the same predicament, scrambling, looking for places to go. And we just talk to one another and share ideas of what we're trying to do to help one another out, um, mentally as well, you know, just more support and create, Hey, there's a lot of us in this deal. Um, so it's, it's like nothing I've ever dealt with before. And I don't want anybody else to have to be going through it. It's, it's, it's challenging. Well, like we've talked about quite a bit here, the one of the biggest problems here is that you're creating this accordion effect, um, backing up the hogs in the supply chain that can't get in through the processing facilities. So I guess a question that I have been really thinking about and seeing some people discussing this in the news, too, is how long is it going to take to get through that backlog once the plants do get back up to full speed? And, you know, you've got... Um, you've got maybe millions of hogs that are still backed up in the pipeline. It's like you clean out the clog in the pipe. It's still going to take time for that water to go through. Um, same situation. What's, what's it going to take? How long is it going to take once they get back up to full steam uh, for the backlog to be worked through? I, I think it's going to take, take several months um, just to get back up to full steam and then just still having a backlog. Um, I know, some some farms have backed off on breeding it, you know, the breedings uh, and done some other things to to uh, minimize the number of pigs they have on hand. But you know, for us, that's that's four months down the road, five months down the road. You know, um, once we've already got to the animals bred and uh, pigs on the ground, you know, it's either either you euthanize pigs or you continue to feed them and, and take care of them. And we've chose to feed them and take care of them for now and to hopefully see some bright lights coming along and uh, things will improve that so we'll be able to be able to have these pigs harvested like they need to be. So uh, the consumers can have something I got um, as I talked to some consumers in the St. Louis area. They're like, there's there's little little meat in the grocery store. What's going on? What are we going to do? You know, and and I tell them, I said, it's. It's the supply chain has just got a got a kink in it right now, folks. There's there's plenty of pigs, there's plenty of cattle. We're just short on pea, pork and beef. Be patient. Buy what you normally would buy to eat. Don't overbuy. The people who go to overbuying, it's going to create create even more strain on the system. And there will be people that won't have meat at times to eat because people have overbought, which will also in turn probably cause prices to increase and it's really disheartening for the producers knowing prices have gone up at the store and people are doing without and we aren't able to move the animals we have and in some cases you have to euthanize animals at some point or in the dairy industry they were dumping milk for a little while 
and that's that's disheartening. We put all all the time and effort in to raise the products and and care for the animals, and then we have to do that. That's that's just something we we aren't made to do. So it's really really tough for us. I hope the consumer starts to understand that that uh, this isn't a, this isn't our first choice. This is our last ditch effort to what we have to do to be able to care for the other animals that we have. And uh, we'd love to be able for people to be able to come out and get animals if they knew how to process themselves rather than euthanizing something. But uh, that's just there's just not enough people know how to do that to care for the take care of what the numbers of animals that's coming on coming online. You mentioned a thing or two about how this is affecting people's health, mental health as well as they go through this, the farmers that are struggling with the decisions they have to make and trying to find answers and find homes for the animals they love and have cared for for a long time. Um, how is that affecting mental health of the people in the industry as far as you've seen? Oh, you you can tell it's, you know, they don't, don't have the smile on their face they normally would have, even in tough times. You know, farmers are always optimists. That's that's who we are. But when we're faced with something like this, um, it's it's just hard to explain, and and uh, you, you just got to dig deep and figure out a way that okay, it will get better, and, and have to look past it. But those days that you've had to do something like that, it's, it's, I, I can't imagine because I haven't had to do it yet, and I'm not not uh, hoping I don't have to. But I can't imagine what they've gone through and and how to uh, encourage them to continue on, because um, they they feel like they you know we failed you know we 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 can't we can't fail what we do out here because people depend on us, so I'm sure they feel like they failed their animals they failed their family, and the community because they you know they don't when they euthanize them there's there's no money there's not a check that comes from anywhere, and uh, so they just keep digging a deeper hole with them for their creditors their bankers. And for them to try to dig out of, so it's going to be financially extremely tough on a lot of farms too. If if something doesn't get uh, opened up a little pretty soon, and because we may may see a lot of uh, some pork operations go out of business because of this, if if it goes on for too long, and that's that's something that's never going to be good. Is that would definitely start changing the dynamics of the pork industry out here, where you'd see maybe further consolidation, more integration. Um, taking place and 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 we talked about it in other cases we we don't want so many you know so few people having control so much especially in, in our food supply um that's uh people need to realize it's a national security interest that's why we have the farm bill that's why we do so many things at times for farmers is we don't want to have to rely on other countries for the food we need so the first time in a lot of people's lives my lifetime um, of 50 some odd years that, hey, there may not be a lot of food in the grocery stores for people. Americans have had to deal with that for since probably the Great Depression. There's always been plenty. There's been lots of choices even. Now those choices are going to be limited and where there may not be some things <clears throat> for short periods of times in the store when it comes to meat proteins and uh, and some other things like that. So it's uh, it's kind of a wake up call for all, all of us. Um, take care of ourselves. Take care of our neighbors, and uh, we'll we'll get through it. Um, but uh, it's it's something we don't we don't want to forget real quick. But all, how it all happened, so we don't let it happen again. I think that it's pretty clear. Once this is all over, um, if we you know get this in our rearview mirror and move on, um, there's going to be a lot of questions and discussion about. What needs to change in our supply chain for the future? I, I think that's a question for another day. 
but um, we're going to have to be thinking about that. And what are there, are there any things that you foresee that um, we can do down the road to make sure that if something like this happens again in the future, we don't face the same problems that we're facing right now? I completely agree with that, Eric. And, uh, and, and a lot of a lot of people, smart people, are working on this, uh, having conversations every day, um, whether it's through the packing industry, um, the uh, legislators, uh, congressmen or senators, or Department of Ag um, through Missouri or USDA, and a lot of a lot of heads are going together trying to come up with solutions, changing things as they go. They see the need to improve some things a little more, a little quickly, and hopefully some common sense is going into it as well and ultimately is taking care of keeping the workers safe these plants but also realizing the humane um, things going on with the animals and we've got to and we've got to get those animals uh, harvested uh, for the, not only the cons- for the consumers here in the U.S. so they aren't stressed and panicked um, what to do and what to feed their families so we've, we've got to got to do a lot of things here to make it happen but I, I believe we can we're in a great country and uh, and we'll get through this, but it's uh, it's trying times right now for for a lot of farmers uh, across this nation. Well, Todd Hayes, thanks again for giving us your perspective on what's happening in the livestock industry right now. I know a lot of people are really um, feeling for you and praying for you because they know just how hard it can be to have um, a situation where you don't know what to do. And I know that we're going to find a way through this, and we're all working together to find solutions, but. We do really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about uh, how you're feeling, what you're going through right now. Thanks very much, Eric, and I appreciate you allowing me to explain more of the situation for the listeners. So that's, that's great to have it. Thanks, Todd. We'll talk to you soon.